Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. So this week's guest is with a friend of mine who I've known, um, well, I've actually met them in person for all of four days. Um, and yet, probably over the past three years now, um, we have been in contact through our um our connection relationship with City Vision, and it's with Brian Beatty, who is a remarkable individual who, with his wife and a whole plethora of others um, in the city of Brantford, have decided to take the audacious position of what does it look like to disciple a city? And honestly, it is a remarkable story. And I know for some of you who are regular listeners, you would have heard bits of this with Nikki, who um, is from the same team, from the same city. Um, but um, this is, I suppose, a bit more looking behind the curtain just to understand more about where it came from, what it began and, and, and how to do it. And that is such an important thing. So let's go straight into it and enjoy from there. Well, we are now with my next guest, and it is with delight and joy, and I say with a, a smile on my face. No, I do. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> you do. Um, with the the full title is the Reverend Dr. Brian Beatty. Look at that. Only because Pope was taken. I was gonna I was trying I was trying to get Pope, but it's already done. So have you got any letters at the end of your name as well? You know, like, oh, I have a few, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what were you got? Well, I have a Bachelor of Theology, I have a Master's in Education, amazing. I've, I have a earned doctorate and an honorary doctorate. Oh, yeah. have you? Yeah, that's cool. Well, I mean, the thing is, I know that your, 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 uh, your doctorate, your PhD is in your subject in the world that you work. It is. It's <laughs> interesting that because when, when I wrote the paper. I mean, we were kind of living it then, but I wrote it kind of as a theory, like, could this happen? Could this city transformation real? Yeah. And then the honorary doctorate, which is cool, I got for doing it, <laughs> which, which is awesome. Like, so really, you like, didn't have to get the first doctorate. Right. right? <laughs> but it's kind of like bookends. It's kind of like bookends, right? Okay. All right. So we could call you the Reverend Dr. Brian Beatty Doctor. No, that sounds silly. <laughs> well... Well, anyway, look, so everybody, um, this is my friend, Brian, and I know Brian, as some of you who have heard before, I went to Canada with um, a group of wonderful people from here in the United Kingdom, Great Britain, to Canada for the, the lengthy time period of four days. <laughs> <laughs> And we went along to a city that we didn't even know existed to meet with a bunch of randoms to learn about something which you we were like, all right. And, it, and I've, I've spoken about it. It was a real moment for us. I, I like to use a phrase of it's a DNA change. You know, it was absolutely monumental. And then, of course, we come back straight into lockdown and the word that was then banding around and banded around was kindness. Yeah. Just everywhere. Yeah. 
you know, it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, our trip was kind of prophetic. And, and now it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so um, how are you, Brian? How are you in the land of Canada? I am fantastic. We are out of the snow now because how, it's, it's how long? Uh, I would say the last of the snow was gone early April. So we'll always oh. get another kick in the head in April. Like, okay. Sometimes it's a big one. just Or to a go, cuddle, oh. as I like to call it. <laughs> a what? A cuddle. Oh, beautiful. I love snow. <laughs> it, it's almost like uh, Mother Nature or somebody is going, oh, you thought spring was here, right? Boom. It's like, here's another shot Amazing. of Amazing. I mean, literally, that, that would be my second prayer, you know, that second wind, that second snow. Well, Matt, I've said to you that I I am most encouraged when I go on Facebook and see you uh, <laughs> with your homemade sled going down that quarter of an inch or half an inch of snow oh, yeah. that you're excited about. It's very good. It's very I'm the good. only guy sledging, probably in the whole county. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know how prepared I am for this interview? I I had to look up sledging because we call it sledding or tobogganing sledding yeah and i came to find out you'll i don't know you probably already know this but sledging and sledge and sleigh and and sled are the same thing they are they are and i don't know why we call it sledging other than the fact you call it sidewalk and pants that's <laughs> probably well you call you call shirts jumpers like there's so many things we could talk yeah. about right now. you call them jump you call them shirts yeah i do we do but it's a jumper <laughs> is it now? <laughs> we uh, when when we went to, to the states with friends of ours, we so they called women's shirts blouses in the states. Sometimes here too. So we had a we had a whole group of people believing that men's shirts were called uh, men blouses. <laughs> so there was a whole group of them calling their shirts oh the men blouses. Very nice. You could, but then because a lady shirt's a blouse, right? Yeah. And is that the same for you in Canada? It is. It is. Okay. Okay. But, but oh my yeah. goodness, that is confusing. But it's it's not hard to confuse Americans about what Canadians believe because they all think we're still in, in igloos. So it's well, you know, I mean, we spent a lovely time in our hotel igloo. So <laughs> <laughs> we have wonderful friends from England. Uh, sorry, uh, America. They're wonderful, wonderful people. But most yeah. of them know very little about us, which is fine. We're, we can be the quiet sister to the north or whoever we want to be. Quiet. Yeah, yeah. The safer sister. The, the safe, sister. the quieter, safer. safer yeah. Sister. What was it? That that film, which and it's a horrific film, but uh, with Bowling for Columbine. But there was a cartoon which is very, very profound. Uh, uh, but it was basically saying you cross the border and everybody's doors from America to Canada, front doors are not locked. You know, generally speaking, you enter into the US and, you know, doors locked, la, la, la. la. So, I mean, obviously excuse me, that, that was a huge, great uh, um, generalization, but the cultures are, are massively different. Yeah, they're very, very different. We are the, we are the nicer people. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, having said that, I've met so many amazing people in the States. I think, I think because media is basically ran from the coasts, I think yeah. you get that kind of culture. That's yeah. not, that's not normal American life though. I don't think. Yeah. That. Yeah. And yeah. of course in a Canada, you've got the East and West thing. That, I yes, mean, very much. that must be massively different. Actually, well. it's not. We actually have East, Central, and then West. Yes, so of course. East, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very di different cultures. And and Toronto, as you know, would be the, the most multicultural city in the world. It is, so yeah, we, yeah. So we have so many cultures that, which is fantastic. 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I went, I went to Toronto as a, as a uh, I think I was 18 or 19, and I was convinced that was it. I was going to go move to Canada. Loved oh. it. Got married, yeah. had a kid, and that changed. So yeah. you stayed? We stayed yeah. because, you know, yeah. kid, grandparents, family. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a good choice. Well done. Well done. Man. Yeah, you know, growing up, still growing in my mind, not physically. Yes. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway look we we came to Brantford and we it was so city vision it is a uh, a movement of people who are or a tribe of people who want to know what does it look like to to disciple a city and hasn't been done here in the UK formally and yet uh Tony Hodges had come across you guys and said, I think they've got a model here that perhaps we can just prod and just learn. And I think he came along as well with a sense of, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. so tell us a story about, about, uh, about Brantford in, 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 because it's a long story, but in, in the most concise way. And, and then, and then we'll go into, because the, the devotion, you know, that, that some some people have heard is all about book covers and how we judge it. You approach Brantford in a very different way to what it was, to what it is, to how people perceived it. Anyway, this may enough my, my yakking, as they say. Over to you. <laughs> yeah. So Brantford, just for geography for people, is about an hour west, southwest of Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, smaller city, 100,000 people. Um, we actually, years ago, so this is back into the late 80s, early 90s, we lived in, in a smaller city just south of Brantford. So that, and we hated Brantford. <laughs> Honestly, we came, so the story is we, my wife came up to one of the malls here in Brantford uh, from Simcoe. So that's the city I was saying south. Yeah. Uh, my wife came up with a friend of hers to do some shopping and go to see a movie. Mm -hmm. And after the movie, it was like 11, 1130 at night. And they're going back to their car. And a couple local guys from Brantford kind of came up and give my wife and her friend a hard time. And and my wife came home just spitting. She's like, yeah. we're never going back to that city as long as we live. Oh, my gosh. We're and, and so we honestly used to drive around, like we would drive around the city to go to another city to shop or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, ironically, our, our church ended up in that mall. So, <laughs> so when you came to visit, that was the mall where it all happened. Yeah. But uh, Brantford was... Brantford was in a really, really rough situation back in the 80s and 90s. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty strong town before that. Mm -hmm. So we were a very strong uh, manufacturing industrial uh, city. Mm -hmm. So Massey Ferguson, tractors, combines, we were the center of that here in at least in Eastern Canada, maybe Canada. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what happened in early 80s, that, that group shut down. And yeah. so Brantford went into a major recession through the 80s and 90s. Um, so it was in that period where, again, my wife came up and it was like, yeah. you know, it just wasn't, wasn't a good place to be. Yeah. So we, short story even longer. So we go from Simcoe to Toronto. We were passing in Toronto for, for about five years. And then we were praying. It felt like God was moving us. We were praying 
as we often will do, what we'll do is pray separately, my wife and I, and then come back together and go, what did you hear? What did you hear? And this time it was like, oh man, you're not going to like what I heard. I said, <laughs> she said, and I said you're going to hate what I heard. And oh, wow. God spoke very clearly to both of us that we were wow. to go to Brantford. And he'd already been talking to us about city transformation and, and going beyond, beyond just doing normal church. Yeah. So I said to you, like at this point, uh, not then, but now I've done church ministry for about 40 years. But back yeah. then, we were about 20 years in. And <laughs> and we were like, you've got to be kidding. So my wife makes this huge list of, okay, God, I'm only going if you do all of this. And like two at T was like, boom, 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 boom. Wow. God did every one of them. Uh, so So we get here, and the first five years was just a disaster. I mean, wow. we're living in a, a, a terrible city. I mean... Back in 94, so our mayor that we worked a lot with here in the city, he called Brantford. He said, we have the worst downtown in Canada. And it was probably right. Uh, ten, not, well, ten, ten years later, let's say, uh, no way, 20 years later, in 20, 20, 2007, Hollywood came to Brantford and filmed uh, Silent Hill, which was yeah. like a horror movie. And they, yeah. you know, I can just, I, I envision them sitting around in Hollywood <laughs> going, hmm. Where can we go where we don't have to work that much on sets? We just go and show up with cameras and it's got like decrepit buildings and brutal architecture and a higher than average demon count. <laughs> and they, so they showed up in Brantford to do this, uh, this horror movie. Anyway, that's kind of the setting. If you're talking about bookends, yeah, <laughs> talking, yeah. you know, book covers, that's where God called us to. And we believed he had called us here. Uh, to see transformation in the city, like full on where you can see it, it's tangible. Yeah. And uh, as I said, it was the first five years were really hard. In fact, before we started Freedom House, the church, I I was begging God to let me leave the city because we had been here for five years and really had seen minimal. We hadn't started Freedom House, but we had tried a few different endeavors. I'd helped start a Christian radio station and we had some inroads into the city mm -hmm. but it was just really hard and it seemed like everywhere we went we we would hit hit a wall wow uh, and so it was april of 2003 uh, i said to i said to my wife i said i'm going to fast and pray for a month and if god doesn't say something significant then we're out of here we're going to go do what god put in our heart the transformation center idea we're going to yeah. do it somewhere else wow by the end of the month uh you know, there was no lightning in the sky or, you know, sky riding, but felt yeah. strongly to stay. Yes. A couple of weeks later, my wife came home from grocery shopping. She grabbed a magazine about uh, for real estate. I don't know if you have it there, but on the way out of grocery stores, there's all the magazines on the mm. way out. And she grabbed a magazine and I'm sitting on the couch as she came in and she threw the magazine. I'm going, what, what's up? She goes, I don't know. God told me to give you this. So I flipped through it. And this, this article, this uh, one ad just jumped off the page and I went, I'm going to go for a drive. And I wow. went for a drive and I found this old decrepit bar in the downtown. Yeah. And uh, so I pulled over and I saw the ad. I pulled over. I, I walked in. There was two bouncers at the front door. Wow. I walked in. I turned right. And I'm standing at the dance floor. And I feel the tangible presence of God as I'm watching this all play out. Wow. Like, wow. So I walked around, met the owner, chatted a bit. And I went home and I said, I said to my wife, I said, uh, I didn't tell her anything except for the address. I said, you should go check it out. Um, so she goes, the exact same thing happens to her. 
No. She parks the vehicle. She walks past the bouncer. She turns right. She's standing, standing, uh, looking at the dance floor and tangible presence of God. That's anyway, amazing. fast forward. Uh, two months later, we have an offering in the building, a uh, uh, one-year lease to own in the building. We don't have a church and we don't have people. We just knew that God <laughs> was saying to do something, right? So, so our first meeting was in the pool room of that bar. And I, I called together 25 people that already knew the vision of what was on our heart yeah. for transformation. And so about, uh, about 10 of them said yes and came along as a core group. Yeah. And uh, then, then we just chose to serve the city. So actually, I, I need to share this. Yeah. Actually, for the first 18 months, we did nothing. We were all excited because we're all ready to just jump in and do things. Yeah. And God said, I just want you to worship. Huh. So and we didn't know how long that was going to be. But yeah. for 18 months, all God said is just worship. Huh. And, and so every Sunday and then Thursday nights as well, we would just come together and worship and pray and people would prophesy and start declaring things. And yeah. we didn't know how long that was going to last. We just said, God, we'll do whatever. Yeah. But God had already been speaking to us about that, that we were to hear God and obey. Whatever we did was hear God and obey. Mm-hmm. And that obedience was success. It wasn't about how big or small we were. And we say this to every, everywhere we go now. It's like, it doesn't matter how big or small your churches or your businesses. Obedience is success. Yeah. So you hear God and obey. And we got that out of Joshua 1. And I won't go deeply into it, but it's right there in verses 7 and 8. That if you're careful to obey everything I've said to you, I'll make you prosperous and successful. Wow. So that was God's word to Joshua. And that was his, that was Joshua's life story all the way through, except for once when he didn't listen. When he thought he could take a plan from the past and use it, it didn't work that way. But but every other time, and and he took 31 cities, so that wasn't bad. Not bad at all, bad. is it? <laughs> right. So so that became our thing. And then and then God finally released us to start ministry. And the first thing we did was actually a kids ministry. So you mentioned Nikki. So Nikki yeah. was the only one excited about this. The first thing that God said we could do, no. we could do a community kids ministry. And so Nikki's like in her glory is like, yeah. So all of us just came, we just rallied around and said, this is what God said. We're all going to work on it. Yeah. And so we started a Saturday kids program. Well, we became known for that. And then huh. the city called us and said, you know, we do this big event called Canada Day. Yeah. Can you come and help run the kids stage in Canada? And we said, of course we can. Yeah. Well, that went to, that went well. So uh-huh. that went to, hey, now the city's built a square in the downtown. So the city's now looking at how do we revitalize the downtown? Yeah. So they took the, the decrepit downtown and put a square there called Armony Square. And so the same lady, Lori Dawn Cavins, her name, Lori Dawn called and said, hey, can you help us do events in the square? We said, of course we can. So the first couple of years, it was movies in the square. Every Thursday night, a family movie, we just served. And uh, Amazing. And into the second summer of doing those movies, Lori Don said, hey, can you guys do a winter carnival? And I said, of course we can. <laughs> well, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't know anything about winter carnivals. In fact, the way we, and I went back, we went, I went back to the leadership team. And at that point, there's only about 50 adults in the church at the time. Wow. And so we actually didn't know what to do. We felt like God said yes. And so we Googled winter carnival. <laughs> to find out how to do it. We found a team of people a couple hours from here that had been doing one for a while and they came and helped us. And our goal, our goal the first year, Matt, was a thousand people. We felt like if in the first year, because people weren't coming to the downtown at all. Yeah. And we felt like if we could get a if we get a thousand people in the downtown for an event, it would kind of spark something. We felt that, right? And uh the first year 
8,000 people came to the Winter Carnival we put on. Yeah. And we're just looking around going, what have we done? Yeah. Well, next year was 10,000, then 10,000, then 12,000. Year five was about 15,000 people came that weekend. Wow. And the mayor stood up on the on the bell stage, the, the stage of this square. Yeah. And he said, this is the watershed moment of the transformation of our downtown. Mm. This, this is, And so it just became this this ball that kept rolling and people just kept coming us can you do this and we we'd ask god and he said yes and we just go serve people we go yeah. serve people we go serve the city and eventually we became friends with with politicians and bums and like yeah. everyone like so when you were here you were part of the the winter carnival frosty fest you were yeah. part of that yeah that was a weekend you came yeah yeah but it was. That, that had been about year 12 i think that we had done it wow so so we've been doing it for quite a while. And really what we do is we, we find a need and say yes to it. As long as the Lord says, yes. I mean, yeah. we can't say yes to every need because that would just drive you crazy. Oh yeah. But we, we both find the need and then fill it. If God says yes. And yeah. uh, so we have a lot of people ask us, well, how do you do this? Cause as soon as we tell the winter carnival story, almost invariably somebody will come up after and say, to me and say, Hey, how do you do in a winter carnival? And I say, buddy, you don't, you don't want to do a winter carnival. It is way more work than you will ever want to do. And you will be colder than you ever want to be in your life. Said a Canadian. <laughs> for, for <ex> <laughs> yes. Yes. For extended periods of time of being cold. That's amazing. But we said it because it was what was needed and it became, it became part of the transformation of our city when we said yes to it. So yeah. there, there was a, uh, there was a word that you guys had embraced that I know Nikki spoke about it. And I know you as a congregation, all of you, it, it became, it became your uh, calling card actually. Why don't you tell the story about that? Yeah. So we intentionally felt like we needed a way to lead into the city that wasn't offensive. Like, mm -hmm. I know that the gospel gospel can be offensive because yeah. to some people, they don't want to hear it. I get that part <clears> of it, but we don't have to be offensive on the way in. Yeah. And, and God was never offensive with us. No, he was, true. he was yeah. always, and, and the word is kindness and God led with kindness. So, so the, the scripture that kind of uh, that leapt out for us was it's the, it's Romans two, four. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to him, that leads people to repentance. And so we felt we were going to grab that piece of God's character and everything we're going to do, we're going to lead with kindness mm. because God did. And yeah. so we wanted people to see his character, the character of God before we would talk about God or they would ask us about him. And so in, in the transform our world network that, that I'm a part of, and you're aware of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our, the founder of the Transformer World Network, Ed Savoso, he he writes on, on Luke chapter 10, and he talks about prayer evangelism. So Luke 10, just for, for understanding, is where, where Jesus sends out the his disciples, 70, 72, depending on what you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I want you to go there. And basically, he says this. I want you to go, and I want you to bless them. I want you to spend time with them. I want you to heal the sick. And then I want you to talk, talk about the kingdom. Yeah. So. So that was his, that was his mode. Like, he, like we do, we do evangelism exactly the opposite. We show up and start talking and he said, no, show up and bless people, yeah. show up and build relationship with them, 
show up and show them the kingdom before you talk about the king. And so I call it best life where it's bless, eat, show and tell. So, so, but the kindness is right there. So you're the kindness is they have a need. They may not think that their need is a gospel, but everyone needs Jesus. We would say, but their need is as important to them as the gospel is to us. Right. So, so we do it well. And I would say we do this well in world missions because we Mm. understand that we're going to go and we're going to bring food and going to bring water. We're going to bring education. We're going to bring the needs of the people. Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We should be the best and kindest people in the world yeah. without any strings attached. Yeah, And we yeah. do it well in missions. We understand that in world missions. We just do it poorly at home. And so as we looked at Luke 10, we said, this is Jesus' way. This is the way of, of Jesus. This is the mission of Jesus. Yeah. And so we just thought we'd get in on his mission. And uh, so we lead. we lead with blessing. We lead with kindness all the time. And so everything we do, we do it that way. On purpose. I mean, I think. I mean, when we we rocked up, and it, it was it was fascinating. We obviously we turn up uh, in the evening. It was our three o'clock in the morning. We were knackered, um, and <laughs> you guys, you fed us, which was wonderful. We went. We then went back to our hotels, back to our rooms, and woke up, and we had a, then a day of you taking us, giving us the story, and then you took us around. Um. And then you, there was a um, there was a house that you guys owned for young people. That 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 was one of those. Oh, I get it now. So this is interesting. Why don't you tell a bit more about that? Because that is a. Uh, it was one of those what I call permanent f- fixtures. You know, you have got the, the the events that happen intermittently. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then you have this. This is what we'll do, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. Yeah. yeah. So the house we took you to, I think it was Why Not City Mission. So that's not ours. That's yeah. a group that we partner with. So they're friends of ours. Fantastic. We actually usually partner with them. And the girl that was that was talking there, she's from our church. So there you go. just to, just to clarify that. So yeah, yeah. she was running. She was the uh, director at the time. But uh, this is just a wonderful couple that uh, I mean, and they started their ministry, you know, 20 ish years ago at the same time we did with the idea we're just going to serve. Right. And so how they started was, we're going to go downtown at night and serve hot chocolate and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so, because for me this is interesting because you see, I, I love the the generosity of the spirit of God that basically says, I'm just going to throw out the gold and whoever of my people, wherever they are, from whatever church they are, if they pick it up, they will spend it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fa- that's a great way to say it. Because, and, and again, so I'm going to bring that back to kindness. And we, we have found way more, um, how do you say it well? We found way more uh, uh, advantage. I hate to say favor. That favor. And that's a good Christian word. We found way more favor in, in our city yeah. through kindness than we should ever have. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way that we should be as involved in the city, which is almost everywhere at this point, yeah. than than uh, than we should but it's just the favor of the lord because i think he likes the fact that we're serving the way he would do it it's just how he yeah. would do it the, the other thing that i was also really impressed with um was um something i say to a lot of my so a lot of churches that i work with in, at cinnamon um i give them the whole spiel all right and i have a whole bunch of you know tools in my bag that i just throw at them and you know 
Uh, but at the end of it, I just say, if you're not doing pastoral care, if you're not being caring to your people, making sure that they are well, health leads to growth, don't do any social action. Do not do any. And how you treated your volunteers on Frosty Fest, that, you know, tell that story because that mom was like, okay, now we've now we're talking. Now we're talking. We actually learned that along the way. We weren't good at that at the beginning. We weren't. And we, because we were all there to serve and we felt like we're just going to serve the city. But, but we started to hear back from the pastoral people in our church to go, some of our people are really tired. And so, so after a few yeah. years of doing that, we said, we're going to put a person, actually it was a couple that their whole job during the winter carnival yeah. is to serve our people and to bless them on right. purpose. Right. Because we wanted them to know that what they're doing is really significant. And I don't think that they didn't know that before, but we just wanted them to enjoy it along the way. We always said it had to be fun, but sometimes working long, hard hours in the cold, it's just freaky, man. Yeah. So, so we intentionally went, okay, we're going to put a couple in charge of just blessing our people yeah. while they're blessing the city. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, just, just to give folks a, an idea we turn up and you gave essentially all of the volunteers a pack and it was like a thank you pack, wasn't it? It's like, okay, this is the stuff that this is the what's happening. But however, there's a whole bunch of treats in there. And then each of those items was just a, a way of saying, thank you. We value you. This is going to keep you going. And it, it actually added to the excitement. I, I, I felt it was like, we're in this together and you like us and you value us. We're not just a bunch of worker ants. We are collaborators in something that's bigger and, and big, bigger than than you. It was. It, do you know what it was? It was. It was. It moved away from the language of two and uh, and four and with. It yeah. was such a great way of doing with. We're doing this with you, and so if you hurt, we hurt. So if you smile, we smile. Let's make. Let's let's keep this light and fun. Yeah, it was. It was something. I believe Nikki started that, and then you met Aaron that weekend. Aaron. Mm. Aaron took it to another level because she's just fantastic at that. And so, so we, we're very intentional about that. Uh, we find people that have that gifting and know how to do it well. That, that was one of the things. We learned a lot of the things that we know by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's all right. So we put, for a while, we put, I mean, even though we talked a big game about, you know, we're not going to put you in the wrong spot. We're going to know your giftings. And put you, I mean, for the most part, if you were a warm body, we'd put you somewhere. <laughs> and then we realized warm bodies aren't all, don't always feel warm to others. <laughs> so finding the right warm body to go to the right spot was really important for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, when I was there, uh, you guys, you said, right, so who wants to do the sledging? Like, Hello. <laughs> and it changed your life, man. It changed your life. Oh, man. I was the happy. I mean, you guys built this like seven foot little snow mound. And uh, I mean, I, I knew what was happening in it, but it was the joy that it, it generated. If you put me on the taffy thing, it's like, yeah, okay. Or, you know, the s'mores, I, yeah. <laughs> but snow mounds, sledding. Yeah, come on. I could be there the first all day. Yeah, the first year we did, uh, maybe the second year we did Frosty Fest, we had a student from Nigeria that came and she wanted to do it. She, wow. and she was, I mean, she was on that, that that hill, the snow hill, the whole time. It was like, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she's going to use it now, but I'm just saying she. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point. But then I live in the Southeast and I love snow, but it's a good figure. That's a bit weird. 
So what are you up to now? Because because obviously it's it's now it's warm in in Canada or as yes you Canada as Keanu Reeves used. Wow, which nice. What a genius little phrase he used. Um, you as a church, how have you shifted? Because obviously we went into lockdown here in the UK. You went into lockdown. So much happened. And I mean, what we found is that churches have actually halved in size. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and I, you know, in the conversation that I, that I had with Brian McLaren, he was basically saying lockdown gave a reason for why people shouldn't go. And then when churches opened up again, they said, well, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and his, no, his right, story is right. interesting, but what, how's your, how's you, how's your congregation shifted, adjusted? In this new, well, new today. I'm not there anymore, so that shifted. Yeah. <laughs> so through, through that process, through the process of of probably a year or two before that, I started feeling like there was change coming, different different things happening for my my own life. Uh, I'll get to your answer in a minute, but uh, I um, last fall uh, went on a sabbatical coming out of the sabbatical felt strongly. Like it was time for, for, for us to hand off the church to those that have led with us for years. Yeah. And so they're doing that. Um, we experienced, so we being now freedom as our church, we experienced the same thing you're talking about. Mm. Uh, you know, how do you find a new way to lead and serve through the pandemic? Everyone's online, uh, everyone doing it yeah. the much you can trying to create ways to do it. And, I feel like, although I think we've lost some numbers, I, I don't feel like we're going to lose the, them. Yeah. I think that if, if we can get creative as a church, as Jesus Ecclesia, right? Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. can get creative, those people that maybe haven't come back to the gathering, mm. maybe we can find ways to entice them to go, what are you going to do at your workplace? What are you yeah. going to work? And so that's always been kind of the thing that we've we've talked about. So we would talk about the, the spheres of influence. So how mm. are you involved in the arts? How are you involved in business, education, government, uh, media, so forth? Yeah. And uh, and I think I think what what can be the good part of coming out of COVID can be is that we are now at least many of the churches that I'm talking to we're going we at least started thinking about how to serve our cities. Can we actually do it now? And mm. I think if 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 we come along and what I know what you're doing and, and what we're doing, if we can come along and show them how to do that, I actually think those ones that were maybe fringers anyway, and you know, church growth ex- experts would just say, "This is what I've heard." Is that say, "Well, this was going to happen anyway. The, the the people moving away from church was going to happen anyway. It just accelerated through COVID." That's right. I actually think people that were on those fringes that were hoping church would be something different than just a gathering place, mm. they'll see the church in action and go, "That is what I wanted to be part of." Yeah. And I actually think we're going to see many more people come back than actually left. I believe we're going to see that in the next. In the next decade, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think I mean it's, I mean mental health, pastoral care, you know, looking after your people, trying to unravel the our yesterdays in our in our today, so our tomorrows are better, has been a, a very important narrative, uh, which which was to some extent we didn't really talk about it. You know, we we were in a period of. Um, you had the, you know, the decade of evangelism here in the UK, and then we then we realised it was all about social action, and now we're looking at pastoral care, and and the answer is it, it's all it's all, and and there is I'm not quite sure which is the right sequence. I think the right sequence is, um, 
uh, a wholeness in yourself, shalom in yourself. Uh, you know, we, we there's a phrase that I think I heard from Mr. Bell about me, we, and everybody, you know, dealing with myself, dealing with us, and then dealing with the rest of the world. Um, because so, something I do say with, with a lot of churches that it, unless you have a pastoral care and, and a scenario, if you are reaching out to new people and they come into your congregation and they've got a plethora of challenges, how on earth are you going to deal with those challenges if you can't even deal with what you've already got? Yeah, you know, and hundred percent. And so, one of the phrases we would say is, "It's transform people that transform cities." And oh, so good language. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's not. It's not linear. It's not like you go from and here the whole church is going like this, uh, going along in one line, and now we're all just going to go serve the city. Because mm-hmm. as you just said, well, now there's new people coming in, and there's others. So we've we've created a a, a, a pathway of how do you take them in to go. Let's learn some of why we do what we do. Like you need to learn. And so we've created that mm. on purpose. We don't do it perfectly like any other, any other church, but we, we have come to realize, as you just said, that it's not, it's not like we're going to do this. And then well, what about the people in mental health? What about the people that need actually care? What about the people, the, the, the senior that just lost her husband? Like yeah. you can't just go, now let's go do Canada day. Now let's go. No, no, no. Let's, let's yeah. just love our people, love God, love people. Right. Mm. Let's do that well. And then as things come along, all this other is things. Yeah. All these events are things. They're not, it's yeah. not the end game. The end game is the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, and, and that is loving God and loving people, mm. period. So all the other stuff is just stuff mm. that if we do it, great. If we don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's finding ways to come along people, come along people to go, what's in you? What's yeah. in you that you can use for God? So whether it's actually inside the church serving there, or how do we help you be the best business person? How yeah. do we help you be the best teacher? How do we help you be the best you, right? And yeah. so it starts for us. So my wife wrote a, my wife, wife wrote a, uh, I was going to say devotional, but it's actually a, a program called Freedom Encounter, which okay. is all about how we bring people into freedom. Yes, it's yes, all yes, about, yes, 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 Nick, it's all you about spoke about it. It's all about the transform people. So that's the that's the one wing of the plane, transform people, mm-hmm. which we never stop doing. We're yep. always working on it ourselves, right? So it's always that that thing. But then but then there's the 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 actual literal, tangible, visible transformation of the city. So it's yeah. the transform people, transform the city. And both of them are never really done if we're honest. There's always yeah. Because there's always more things that you got to deal with in yourself or your group. And there's always more people coming in the city that you go, you don't get this yet, <laughs> but, but it's good. So I, I would say a hundred percent what you said is true. And uh, it all happened at the same time, which is tricky unless you have people that can think that way. Right. Yeah. 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 Bring people in the team that can think, you know, yeah. where, where are our pastoral thinkers? Where are our apostolic thinkers that that can see the bigger picture yeah we're the prophetic people that can go here's what we're seeing and here or here's maybe what we're missing right and so finding I'm, finding that is is important i'm reading a book at the moment called um atomic uh, atomic habits um which is absolutely fascinating by james clear and it talks about the, the small habitual changes of intentional changes that eventually lead to tr- complete turning turning the boat around so to speak mm-hmm. but it's having the determination to say i'm going to do it but it's one step at a time yeah. you know and and i think part of the challenge is actually saying to people 
you can do it and it's really easy and we're going to do this together i mean dennis yeah. dennis peathers who, who we're both friends with yeah he did a thing on discipleship which was uh if i get it right and he'll probably whatsapp me and say no i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> unless you say it really good oh yeah yeah i'll do it so and I, <laughs> yeah um he was saying that uh discipleship is you tell them you show them you let them do it they fail and they and and you you walk with them again um and i think that i think the fact that you you it's really lovely that what you said is that the work's not done that we're a constant working in in uh in progress that there is constant upgrades that we i mean that aligns with two corinthians doesn't it three that we are going from one glory to the next right right yeah so what are you up to now that you've moved from freedom house which was obviously was a big step yeah what what are you yeah. doing with yourself because i mean that that was a large chunk of your life it was well it was 25 years yeah in the making it was actually it was actually october of 95 where god spoke to me in an open vision about cities yeah where he took me and he showed me jesus was looking over this cliff and I, and I walked down and I looked at, so I actually physically saw Jesus and he was weeping. He was weeping over the cities. Yeah. Wow. And wow. He, he took me through this whole, I won't go into it, but he took me through this whole deal. And, and that's, that's when God started, got me thinking on cities, mm. right? I was living in Toronto at the time, kind of whining about it, wanting to get out. And so, you know, God showed me this picture or, or this, actually it was an open vision. It went on for quite a number of minutes. Right. And I'm a pretty driven person. I'm a pretty energetic person. Oh, and yeah. I went, all right, God, let's go do it. Yeah. And his immediate response was, we can't do it yet, Brian, because you love the idea more than you love the people. Yeah. And, and that started this process, which, as I said before, kind of kind of grew into this freedom encounter thing that you're, there's always stuff on you that that if you're if you're wise, it'll keep you hungry and humble. Mm. <laughs> there's always stuff on the inside that you need to have. Yeah. And that if you can do that well, you can move on to other things that are in your heart, like, and for us at that time or in the end now is city transformation. So in February, so it was last February, February 01, God took me back to that same mountain, that same cliff. Yeah. And I'm walking up and, and I had prayed and asked God for many times. So that was 95, that was 26 years ago. And I had asked God wow. many times to go, God, take me back there and show me the next step. And he never did. And then when I'm not expecting, all of a sudden I'm on the cliff again. Wow. And I'm actually back about 20, 30 feet from the edge of this cliff, which overlooks the city. I knew I knew immediately where I was, mm -hmm. but now it was Jesus. But Jesus wasn't weeping. He was there as the line of the tribe of Judah. And he was pacing back and forth, looking down over the cliff. And he stopped and he roared. Wow. And he roared of the city. and and what I felt immediately then was God is roaring over the city. So I, I feel strongly that what God is doing and wants to do is he wants to show himself strong in cities through his church, through the ecclesia, mm. rising up in all the spheres. And so wow. this is stuff we've been doing already through the Transmore World Network, uh, we being myself and, and Charlotte, my, Charlotte's my wife, but, but also Freedom House. Yeah. Many times we will go out and serve other cities and whatever. Yeah and serve the network. But uh, so last last year, as I said, when I went into the sabbatical and then came out of it, I really felt like it was time to move on. So 
So I've now started a business with a few friends called Kingdomize Global. Uh-huh. Uh, so really is a consulting group that helps, whether it's transformation for the individual or a business or a network or a city network, we want to come alongside and, and serve there. Uh, starting uh, my own business as well, consulting, working mm-hmm. with a developer to help mm-hmm. build what we're calling transformation centers, which is the easy way to understand it is probably just, it's a community center with kingdom values to serve the city in every sphere. That's really yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so, so it's more uh, apostolic, had, really, isn't it? If, if, yeah, I really felt like that's both what I was feeling and prophetic words I was getting was about that step into the like yeah. uh, apostolic uh, ministry. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 Scared? So, does it scare you? Well, I like to have things figured out. Yeah. So I, I'm I, scared is not a word I would use. I, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> maybe maybe i should just say scared because that's what it is. i'm uncomfortable because i like to figure things out i like to have things fairly in order and yeah. i feel like i know exactly what i'm supposed to do. i feel like i've stepped into what i'm supposed to do uh yeah. the how of it and and where it's going to go not totally sure i mean we've got we've got lots of opportunities uh mm. so i mm. feel like god is in it uh doing it with friends is fantastic mm. and uh I really feel like there's something on this, both for for us and what I believe God is doing. God yeah. is setting up to go back with His kingdom into every. We've kind of we've kind of abdicated the throne, <laughs> God's throne, not ours. We've yeah, abdicated yeah. the throne of being the ecclesia, the His governmental authority on earth, and said we're going to wait for Jesus to come back, and then He'll set up His throne. And He's saying, "I'm kind of waiting for you guys. I yeah. gave I gave you the authority," <laughs> and so I feel like. I feel like more and more I'm connecting with people that are, have the same thoughts and concepts, city vision, the, the city vision doing what you're doing. And it's just more and more. And I believe we're on the right path uh, to see God's kingdom come. So here's a question because I, you know, you and I, we're, we're cut from the same cloth in, in so many ways. Um, but I, I know a lot of people when they would hear this, they're going, yeah, you're nuts. Not you, but, you know, I I get it from people. They think I'm crackers. They're not necessarily wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Um, But at least I'm I'm in on the joke, so it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But there's a language that we use when we go away and we pray. And you've said this a few times, and I I would love to just unpack this a wee bit, where we, we go away we have a pray and we get a sense that this is God calling us, but we're not quite sure what that really is. I, I'm in that. I live like that constantly. Yeah. And, and it is, I say it's scary or, or terrifying. It is because I have no idea what tomorrow is, but I do go into circumstances fully what I call um, knowing that, that, that something will, will, something that will is more than a coincidence just slot into it would be like oh that's the piece of the puzzle click yeah what what does it look like for you yeah so so to answer i'm going to take i'm going to take us back to joshua chapter one which became fundamental for us at freedom house and for for our lives so it starts joshua one starts with the phrase and god said to joshua which, which to me is important because 
God spoke to Joshua. Like it, it's not a, this is not a trick. This is not a trick. It's like, no, God spoke. And, and we see that all through the Bible that God's speaking, but somehow we feel like after the first century, God got mute and can't talk uh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but God's still speaking if we're listening. And, and if there is a kingdom of God, which there is, uh-huh. there is a king and I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. want to get my orders from the king. And, and I don't want it to sound, uh, you know, regimental, but honestly, there's a king in this kingdom. And yeah. while I'm his friend, I'm also his servant. I'm a servant friend, right? Yeah. And so I want to, and 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 if, if that's hard for people to understand, that's okay. So maybe understand that God's big and smart and he's got the best plans, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so, so God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now I want you to go lead. And then that goes on and goes, I'm going to be everywhere. You set your feet. You're going to go do this. Um, if you're careful, you're going to go in the land. I'm, I'm going to make you prosperous and successful. So it goes back to what I said before. So yeah. God said, so God's still speaking. If we're careful to hear, we hear God and obey. That's mm-hmm. our part. And then God brings success, obedience is success. So God speaks. I listen. I act. Obedience is success. And what we found, I'm going to say every time is that when we do that, it's always better than we could have imagined. It's mm-hmm. always more favor. It always comes out better. It's always amazing. And we will stand around and shake our heads. I can't even tell you the number of times that we've, as a team, have stood around after an event and, and shook our heads and went, wow, that was amazing. The, the, now, there, was, there was a thing that you and your wife did, which I thought was actually very interesting. When you both went away and you had uh, a pray and you came back and both said, you ain't going to like this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which was obviously Brantford, which of course is, is is weirdly enough is is your is your legacy actually you, you know uh, that is that is where you where you were discipled to some extent to become a discipler. Sure, sure. Um, and then we talk about uh, visions. You know, I have dreams, and you know, I have visions, and others that I know, and people. Then you, and then there are passages that we read, and, and we feel God is talking to us. What I'm I'm really interested because you see I, I know lots of people who who just probably think how do I know God's talking to me how do I know because you see when confirmation bias is a horrific thing and that the confirmation bias thing for you was don't go to Brantford and yet there was yeah. something in you that said yes yeah why. And I know I'm going to poke on this one because this one is, we get this one. This is helpful. You should should poke on this because this is really important. And so it's interesting you use the word bias because in our freedom encounter, we talk about setting aside our biases because every time I pray, I have a bias. Yeah. God, should I get that tiny car or do you want me to have the Cadillac (laughs) Escalade? Clearly you want me to have that Cadillac. Absolutely. Every day. I have a, so I recognize, I recognize, and we should recognize that every time we pray, even though it's a lovely thing to do that we're going to God, we go with a bias. So yeah. what I have to do is I have to go, not my will, but yours be done. There we go. Right. I have every time. And so whether that's how I deal with my own stuff in my life, or whether that's how I deal with a vision from God, it's like, I'm going to say yes. And so we would talk about at Freedom House, we talk about having a yes in our spirit. Right. So. 
We believe God speaks. We believe he'll confirm it through other people or through his word, by his character. So there yeah. are signposts that say, like, you know, that you can or can't follow, right? Yeah. In his word is God's, uh, Jesus' character, where you've got Jesus speaks, uh, the word comes in three ways, right? Yeah. So there's a written word of God. So God's not going to speak contrary to the Bible. Mm -hmm. God's mm -hmm. not going to speak contrary to the word, the living word, Jesus, the life of Jesus. And then there's the, the rhema where the Holy Spirit's speaking. So he's mm -hmm. going to come and speak to us. And, and those are going to line up with the character and, and then other people. So you brought up the Charlotte and I praying. Well, I, I can be the head of the house or I can value the calling on my wife or the other team members. Cause that's yeah. exactly how we lead our team as well. Yeah. That we'll pray and ask God. And, and I'm not going to say every time because it's 25 years, but I would say practically every time we prayed and asked God, it was unanimous where Holy spirit said, this go. is the way to go. There we go. Which included buying the bar years ago because it didn't make sense. Yeah. In fact, the guy that came, the banks wouldn't give us a loan to buy the old bar back, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the, guy, and the guy that came to look at it that was going to give us a loan said, none of the numbers make sense here, but when I drove here, God told me to give you the loan. <laughs> so, okay. so all these things that, that if we could just believe that God is better than we think he is, if we could mm -hmm. just believe that he's a good God with a good plan, it would really help us to actually go to him in faith, to go to him in trust, to go to him with humility, to go to him hungry and say, what's next? That's so important. That's so we believe that he is a good God with a good plan and we are good people. Yeah. And, and um, but then that universal word that he has, that rhema word. So in, in everyday language, that, that word that is that is for relevant for now is actually said so many times that we'd be stupid to not get it. And sometimes when we get used to understanding that still quiet voice, we don't need many voices. When, but when it comes to big decisions, he makes sure that we are absolute. Because look, you know, he didn't. He didn't write that passage. That says, "I chose the foolish of the world to make the wise look st look stupid." He he chose us because we were idiots. <laughs> yes, but but essentially. He, he factored in our stupidity into calling. He yeah, did, right? yeah, hundred percent. And and I and I think what's so important in this is that, you know, we can be kind to everybody. Uh, and you know, you, the thing that you said that there were so many things that you could have got got involved with, and there were probably you know there probably are other festivals and events and so on and so forth. But there was a discernment process. This is this is the word that I think is probably. That something that's very very important you know is and that, that's interesting i um so peter farmer who who um you won't know he's been on the podcast he's he's just wonderful um he's sharing about that we're in a third reformation the first one was a word second one was spirit third one is let's say a new way of doing word and spirit but it's a new structure and part of that structure, which is essentially a new form of leading, and you know, you have been occupying that, that we are preparing you for influence in spheres that you're part of, is actually discerning God's voice where you are now and where he's leading you. Discernment is, is the thing. The vehicle is kindness. Seeing the world through God's eyes, that's easy peasy. But having the discernment to go, okay, what's my next to do? That's yes. that's the key.
Yeah. And I strongly encourage people to do that in team because then you can get the in team by intentionally building a team of different gifts. So you get different perspectives immediately because when that happens and God speaks to all of you at the same time, it's like, wow, this is amazing. We don't know how it's going to end up. (laughs) As you said, we don't know how this is going to end up, but we know we're doing the right thing. We're going to follow the the breadcrumbs because we know we're following God. Because here's the deal, Matt. Everyone's going to get to some place in their life that the thing is fantastic or terrible. And they're either going to look back and go, look where I got myself. So if it's great, they're going to go, look at how great I am. If it's bad, it's going to go, I screwed up. Yeah. But if you can if you can say along the path I follow God, I heard God and obeyed, no matter where you get, you can live in confidence there. So when you when it goes well, when it goes well, as the world would say, you Uh go, you can go, yeah, well, God got me here. When it goes poorly or it doesn't go as again, the world would say the way we wanted it, we go, well, we know we followed God. We don't know why it came out this way, but we're confident in the way we walked. And then Mm. no matter and it gives such a confidence to the walk in the Lord. And I find that the people that walk that way and live that way, they don't go up and down in their life. It's not mm. this crazy roller coaster life of Christianity. It's like, nope, we heard God and obeyed. I wouldn't have done it that way, but God is big and smart and good. And I'm going to keep following. Come on. That's how you do it. That's yeah. that's okay. We solved it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> we just well, dropped the mic. You couldn't hear it. Yeah, I mean, genuinely, that's 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 dynamite. That was, and that and so that is the whole thing. Like, so when you start on the transform people, yeah, that is the thing. And and I'll be honest. So I'll go back to that vision I told you about ninety five. Like my natural leadership propensity is to go run out and do it. Yeah, like you become the hero, right? And so I've always got to be saying to myself. Nope, God's got a better plan, but you don't know how smart I am. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I can empathize with that. Uh, oh, <laughs> and so that's, that's the constant struggle I, I live with, right? Yeah. And I find, I'll be honest, I find most strong leaders that I meet have the same thing. It's like, well, what did God say? Well, I don't know, because I got this figured out. Or they'll get the idea and then run with it without getting the strategy. They'll get, they'll get the big picture idea from God and go, okay, yeah. I can run with this now. I know how to do it. And that takes them back to the Joshua problem of how he felt like he could do uh, AI the same way he had done other battles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's true. The other thing that's interesting is um, when you talk about a team is that there are gifts. There are people who are gifted for different things and we need every single one of them. Right. Right. Um, And you do need your apostles, but you know, heaven forbid it to be only apostles because you, you need, you need pastors. Right. So when 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 we were leading, when our staff at Freedom House was myself and Dave and Nikki and before Aaron, and there's others, but when that was the staff, we told Nikki she had extra votes in anything we talked about. Absolutely, I would because because I right right because I can't. I'm I'm constantly up here, big picture thinking, blah blah blah. It's like, well, how are we going to do that? That's a good question. We should consider that, right? <laughs> so, so Nikki would constantly get extra extra votes or extra weight on on what how we're going to carry things out because that's the kind of thing she did really well. That was her gifting and calling, which was amazing. She was. I think what's what's fascinating is is then how you and Dave were running mates. Yeah, you yeah. know, and 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 that was interesting because you see, there's there's nothing worse 
having an idea and and you feel somewhat isolated you know and so yeah i mean you 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 were a great team that did great things yeah we we intentionally did that so i found out years before that again i'll go back to me i feel like i'm really smart and have good ideas but i found out <laughs> but i found out that there's a lot of really smart people that that have yeah. really good ideas and and because they're gifted differently, they see things differently that I don't see. Yes. Like, yes. So so I found out again. I find out a lot of things by making mistakes. I did find out way before we started Freedom House that I did need to work with team on purpose. Yeah. And so so when we started Freedom House, we were really intentional about that, and uh, and we we developed and we worked with a great team. They are a great team, of yeah. very different people, but a, a great mm. team, like wow. different gifted. And I different. love it. Yeah, well, we all need different, that's for sure. You know, because yeah, we're all yeah. a bit, we're all a bit different. Listen, um, the Reverend Dr. Brian BT, Dr. Dr. B A M A, and everything else after your name. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been oh, amazing. It's been Matt, it's been fantastic. I always love uh chatting with you. It's always good. Always have so how can people get hold of you um if they want to yeah, find out so more? So my web, my personal website, which I hate talking about because I hate uh, self-aggrandizing, but I won't do that. <laughs> BrianBD.ca, BrianBD.ca is my personal website. They can grab my book off there or go to it's Amazon. It's a good book. It's a good book. Um, the 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 one business that I talked about starting is called Kingdomize Global. So the kingdom with I Z E at the end. Yep. Kingdomizeglobal.com. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a group we started a business started with some friends that we're very excited about, and uh, I would love to hear from people. So uh, I'd love to hear and chat if there's people that want to chat more about personal or city transformation. It's what I've uh, invest investing the rest of my life in. So let's right. party! All right, wonderful. As I say to all my guests, shalom to you, my dear friend. I Thank receive you. it and to you. Thank you. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us on today's episode and a few things. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are, have this handle or profile name of Seasoned for Life and uh, all latest news about the podcasts and guests uh, are on there. And spread the news. Tell people about this. Um, it, do uh, put reviews um, through various different things if you're listening us through uh, um, Android or Spotify or on iTunes or whatever your place, do leave a review, do tell people about it. And um, well, do you know what? It is incredibly encouraging. So thanks again. God bless you. And uh, we'll see you next time.